G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au I had to stay in the factory to earn money for the family. My older sister had married and gone elsewhere, and my older brother was ill with tuberculosis. My father had died, so I prayed that God would train me as a nurse, because nobody thought I ever would be. I didn't have the ability, and I wasn't educated. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Emily Ward's life is a story of gracious survival. She grew up in a poor family in Glasgow and was evacuated during the Second World War to rural Scotland. Despite repeated bouts of tuberculosis in her young adult years, she survived and was able to fulfill her dream of becoming a nurse. And later, she became a missionary in her 40s. Emily says God's grace has helped her to overcome numerous challenges in life that she has written about in her book, Gracious Survival, The Lord's Nurse, Glasgow, Sydney, and Tekken. We'll hear all about it today as she shares her story. Emily Ward, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Eric. Glad to have you with us on the program. And where are you joining us from today? I'm joining you from a suburb of Sydney. I live in Jameson Town. Mm-hmm. And I was born in December 1933, so I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> well, we are so grateful for you joining us today. And you were born in Glasgow, Scotland, as you mentioned, in 1933. So that's a, a long way from Sydney, right? It sure is, yes. Well, let's go back to your childhood. What was it like to grow up in a poor family in Glasgow, Scotland in 1933? Well, I wasn't aware that we were living in a very poor area. Mm -hmm. I was one of eight children. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother and father were uneducated people. And when I was six years old, war was declared, the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And that was when we all got trained in using our gas masks. And, you know, I really liked my gas mask because it was in a nice cardboard box and with a string that went over my shoulder. And we would practice using it every day. And I could still smell the rubber. All these years later? Yeah, all these years later. And we were eventually evacuated out of the city because of the um, shipbuilding in Glasgow and other ammunition factories getting up, and and it was a great place for bombing. Mm. So we were all herded together, marched down the street. My older sister and brother were with me, and we were herded onto trains and taken away up to the north of Scotland, where we would be for the rest or most of the war years. So you were separated from your parents, is that right? Yes, we were, my older sister and brother and myself. And we were taken away up to the north of Scotland. And I remember it 
to this day, it was midnight when we arrived. Mm -hmm. And the farmer came out holding a big lantern above his head. It was so dark, so quiet, Mm -hmm. away from all the the city. And um, he asked us to follow him, and he took us into a, a little room at the back of the house. And with one bed, and the three of us went into the bed and we all fell asleep because we were so tired. Sleep took over. Mm -hmm. Were you frightened? I mean, you're taken away from your parents. You must have been frightened. I don't know. It didn't seem... I think the journey up there was so bad because I get very travel sick and I vomited and vomited and my sister was looking after us. And my brother jammed his fingers in the train door mm. and they were bleeding and and she was looking after us. So when we arrived at this farm, we just went to sleep. We were so tired. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were even thinking of our parents at that time. Mm-hmm. And how did it go living with this farmer? Well, I'm going to cut it quite short because we weren't well looked after and I hate porridge. (laughs) I know I'm a Scot, but I hate it. And they served it every morning, porridge. Oh. Which was natural, but I couldn't eat it. And they would give me it cold at lunchtime. And I just, I felt sick. And I still feel sick when people talk about porridge. (laughs) (laughs) I also had lice. Everybody had lice in their head at that time. and. Mm -hmm. And I had beautiful, thick, golden auburn hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great place for life. So they used to comb my hair and, and put petrol, paraffin on my scalp. And it wasn't good. I felt it burning. And anyway, to cut a long story short, my sister Jean, who was four years older than me, she told the school nurse, that we weren't being cared for properly. Mm. And so we were moved to another farm. It was a poor farmer and his wife. And the day we arrived there, my brother Matthew, who was eight years old, was given a little lamb. The ewe mother of the lamb had died, and they gave Matthew the little lamb, Mm -hmm. and he had to feed him with a bottle. And that was just so wonderful for us. Oh. We settled down and yeah. we were well looked after. Oh, I'm glad to hear you found a nice home there in northern Scotland. We were there for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to school, but my schooling right from the beginning was terrible. I was not educated at these early ages. And I was so glad I had learned ABC and how to count when I was in Glasgow and I was only five. Mm-hmm. And I'd learned that at school, but it was going to be three and a half years. And in the winter, we didn't go to school up there because the snow was so... We couldn't move out of the farm. Mm. But we used to go sledging all winter over the river and never knowing what we were doing. And we came home after three and a half years. Now the war hadn't finished when you came back? The war was still on Mm -hmm. when we came back. 
I'd only seen my mother once in three and a half years. Oh, wow. She had come up with the little toddlers and her other children uh, to visit us, and it was only once, and that was in the three and a half years I saw her. I didn't see my dad at all. Mm. Anyway, we got home, and the war was still on, and um, the sirens would go, and we would all get out of bed and go down to the shelters and and we could hear the bombs falling but God was with us mm-hmm. I felt that time and when I went back to school in Glasgow my accent was so bad that the other children would laugh at me Oh, so when you were in Northern Scotland, you picked up a Northern Scottish accent and then when you got yes. back to Glasgow they couldn't understand you, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> I managed to get through my schooling, and um, it wasn't that I didn't have the ability to learn, it was just I was never taught. Hmm. And I left school at 15, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked in a factory all my teenage years, and I had to make money to keep the family going, but I had a very inferiority complex. Mm. I, everybody was always better than I was, and they were better, they were more clever, they were, you know, prettier, they were everything that I wasn't. Mm. I did develop an, a very inferiority complex. So that's what was going on inside your heart in yeah. your teenage years? You, you felt you weren't as good you as know, it, everyone else? I've got to say this, something very, very special happened. When I was 18, mm-hmm. God visited our home with his salvation. And that's the only way I can put it. Mm-hmm. What happened? Well, my father had died when I was 16. Mm-hmm. He was only 47. Was that of uh, tuberculosis? Yeah, he died with tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. It was very rampant in Glasgow. People dying every day from tuberculosis. Mm. And um, my father had died, and and after he died, we got a visit from a minister in the local church. Mm-hmm. And as he was leaving, he said to us, I'm going to pray for all of you children. And he left. And it was two years later that my mother and I went to a meeting. We didn't go to church. We weren't Christians. We didn't... Mm-hmm. But there was a notice came through our letterbox to say that they had this series of meetings and and the church was just almost next door to where we lived. Mm -hmm. And one night, my mother and I, it was my mother, she said, Emily, you're not going out with your friend. Why don't we go down and just sneak into the church? Mm -hmm. And we did. And when we sat down at the back, trying not to be noticed, The man that was speaking was the minister who had said he would pray for us two Mm. years before. Yeah. He was a beautiful speaker, and the meetings were to go on for another week. So we went back after somebody asked us, and we went back every night for a week. Mm -hmm. And then somebody asked me to come on Sunday, and I was beginning to feel happy. I wanted to go back. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why. I didn't know anything about the church. 
Anyway, I went back and I soon joined the prayer meeting and I joined the Bible study group. And that was when a new young minister came in and he took over these both meetings. And it was from him that I learned so much. He was a godly young man and he talked about Christ in such a way that he drew you Mm -hmm. to think about it. And it was through him that I began to search. I bought a Bible, very small print, but had good eyesight. And I began to read the Bible and learn. I had heard some of these things at school. Mm -hmm. In these days, you always got religious instruction. But now it was meaning something to me. Our guest today is Emily Ward, who is the author of the book, Gracious Survival, The Lord's Nurse, Glasgow, Sydney, and Tekken. As we're hearing, Emily grew up in Scotland in a poor family and faced many challenges. However, we'll hear how the Lord helps her overcome some of those challenges when we return, right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today we're chatting with Emily Ward, who's sharing her life journey that began in a poor section of Glasgow in Scotland. Before the break, we heard how Emily and her older sister and brother were evacuated to rural Scotland during the Second World War. Now we're going to hear what happened next in her life, including about her dream to become a nurse despite facing many challenges. So developing inside of you was this deep hunger to know more about spiritual things. Is that right? Yes. That's right. That's what it was like. I needed to know more, and I needed to know more about Christ. And and so when I went to the Bible study, I would run home after it and start writing down what I had been taught. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still get these books today, 70 years on. Wow. And my life was changing God visited us with his salvation. And not only did I become a Christian, but so did some of my family. My oldest sister married and went out of the home. My youngest sister became a Christian. And my other youngest sister became a Christian. And my mother became a Christian. And there was something that I should tell you. Mm -hmm. My father, when he was dying... My older sister, Jean, went into the room to talk to him, and he, was, he had his head down. And she kept saying, Dad, Dad, what is it? And he lifted his head and he said, It's all right. I have become a great Christian, mm. and I'm praying for all my children. Oh, wow. Now, nobody visited him. Nobody told him. Yeah. 
And I believe that God visited our home and visited my father with his salvation. Mm. And I believe that God saved my dad. But you know, my sister Jean didn't tell any of us because she thought he'd gone a bit queer in the head. Mm. So it was only a few years later that we heard that. So my mother and my father became Christians. Mm -hmm. And then you grew in your faith? Oh, yes, I grew in my faith, and I wanted to share it with some of my friends. Mm -hmm. I got one lady who came and would never miss the Bible study group and other friends, but I gradually grew away from from all my worldly friends, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to know what God wanted me to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Did he want me to stay in a factory all my life? And then... I had to stay in the factory to earn money for the family. My older sister had married and gone elsewhere, and my older brother was ill with tuberculosis. Mm. My father had died. Mm -hmm. So I stayed on in the factory for another year before I applied to do nursing. And I had no idea what nursing was and what I would have to do. And, And when I went for an interview, the matron kept correcting my speech because I spoke of Glasgow slang, which she sometimes didn't understand. Mm. And I knew I would have to improve on my speech. Anyway, to cut that long story short, I was accepted and I was only in the training school, I think about four weeks when I was sent for and told that I had infection in my lungs. Mm. I was diagnosed with tuberculosis, as some of the family had been. Mm-hmm. And I was sent to a sanatorium. A sanatorium is just a hospital for TB patients. Mm-hmm. And I think I was there for five or six months. And I was told that I wouldn't be able to do nursing mm. for a long time. Yeah, so here you were accepted into the nursing training school, but then you had this big setback. Yeah, then I had to leave it because of my tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. Then what happened? And then they said I would be off work for some months, but I was off for two and a half years. I wasn't able to work. Mm. But I was mobile. I felt well, and... So I continued to go to the Bible study and the prayer meeting, the Sunday services, and I began to grow in my faith. Mm -hmm. I prayed that God would train me as a nurse because nobody thought I ever would be. I didn't have the ability and I didn't have proper English and I wasn't educated. Yeah, so you had a lot of things going against you. You had your health concerns, you had your education, and you spoke in such a strong slang that some of them couldn't even understand you. So you had all these things going against you. Yes, so people thought that, just forget it, Emily, you'll never be a nurse. Yeah, but you still kept pursuing that goal of becoming a nurse. Anyway, I did. After two and a half years, I applied again. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was sent for by the matron and and my physician was there and they advised me to 
start training in a sanatorium where the work was less, it wasn't so hard mm-hmm. physically. But I refused. Even oh, yeah? then, uh-huh. I was a poor, uneducated, inferiority complex. But even then, I said no to them mm-hmm. because I felt that God wanted me trained as a general nurse. Mm-hmm. They'd sent me away and said they would get in touch with me. I waited six weeks, and eventually they said, yes, we're going to try you, train you. So I got started my nurse training. Sounds like you had a bit of spunk. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe God gave it to me. (laughs) Oh, good on (laughs) you. Anyway, I did my nurse training. I won't go into all the detail about my admissions to hospital, but in all, I had five admissions to hospital. Two mm-hmm. of them, I had major surgery on my lung. Mm-hmm. And um, the second lung operation, I think they, they broke the, the ribs to collapse the lung. And oh, wow. It was all queer things they did in these days. And Anyway, I recovered. Mm-hmm. And I had done my training and I wanted to be a midwife, and I did that training as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I tell you that after my general training, I was given the prize for the best practical nurse, irrespective of academic ability. Oh, and at the end of my midwifery training, I was given the prize for the best practical midwife in the years taking. I tell you that not to boast, I've got nothing to boast about, Mm -hmm. but to tell you how God can work in your life and how he trained me. Yeah, that's fantastic. And also, working in your heart, God tugged your heart and you wanted to become a missionary. You had a dream of becoming a missionary. Yeah, because I was in touch with missionaries and um, I thought that's what I would like to do, Mm -hmm. but... I put it out of my mind because by the time I was 30, I thought no mission is going to accept me with my history. Oh, with your health challenges. And my health, yes. So I settled down to to my work. Mm -hmm. I did a course in neurosurgery. Oh, wow. And in that course, I came out top. Wow. And it was all young people. And I was getting older, and they all had degrees, and I had nothing. But I came out top in the class. Fantastic. Yes, so after I did that, I did apply to do tropical medicine down in England, and I'd never been out of Glasgow. Mm -hmm. But I went down to England, and I started the course, but I only started it when word came through that I had come back positive tuberculosis again Mm. and I had to get a train home and I cried all the way home. Mm. I thought, Lord, what are you doing? I don't know what's happening, but my physician was very good. He admitted me to a hospital again. I was in for 10 months. and Anyway, when I came out of hospital and... I got a a job in a little hospital near where I lived. Now, you had every reason in the world to be discouraged and give up, but you didn't. 
Odo. I loved the Lord. I grew to love the Lord. And I knew that he had become my life. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he cared. I knew that he watched over me, that he guided me. And I believed all that. Mm-hmm. And I believed that he did all that. I just um, relaxed in the love of God and waited. And also, you believe that everything you went through as far as your health challenges with tuberculosis, that all that helped you to become a better nurse because you could be more sympathetic to your patients. Exactly. Well, that was part one of my conversation with Emily Ward, who's the author of the book, Gracious Survival, The Lord's Nurse, Glasgow, Sydney, and Tekken. We invite you to join us again next time to hear more of Emily's personal journey, including how she came to Australia and how she finally fulfilled her dream of becoming a missionary. All that and more is coming up next time right here on Real Faith. Until then, so long and God bless. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.